What up, though, everybody? You are now under the black top, where we try to get our act together and find strength and unity in the circle of life and friendship. I am Billy. I'm Timbo. And I am Ray. It is nice to be here. It is nice to be with you guys. Um, nice to see y'all, um, as always. Um, Timbo, how you been? I've been okay. Uh, busy. But, um, All right. I, you know, me and Billy had to talk after the last show, and I'm going to start making some strides to make my life a little bit more organized. There we so, go. Looking Amen. forward to that. <laughs> One day at a time. That's all you can do, One man. Just, just take it by the moment. Mm-hmm. Hi, Billy. How you been? I'm okay. Though I have completely failed myself in fantasy football this year. I Already, no man. Idea. We just started, man. We the the first it's game hard. hasn't started yet. I am not happy about my squads. Oh, I'm happy about a few people. I always miss the running backs. Like. When we did the first draft, the first mock draft, I guess, I had the first pick, and I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. Then we had to make some changes, and I got dropped down to, what, like, four, five? I had nine in the other draft. Terrible. I had no idea. What Terrible. This worked. That's <laughs> why this worked out, man. How are you, my dude? Oh, uh, man, I'm doing good. I can't complain at all, man. I'm just blessed. Um, I'm happy for the wife, right? Because today is the mm-hmm. first day of school. So she was happy to have an empty home, you know, get right. the kid back out and in school. Right. And for what it's worth, he had a great day. So at that point, a happy wife, happy kid. Um, I'm having a pretty good day today. So good, good. <laughs> and my draft, my draft went okay. It was, um, for the most part, pretty good. I'm excited for, um, to start the year. Just, you know, I mean, you said I had to just say something about it. You know, you said that you didn't have a good one. I wanted the people to know how I felt about mine. You know, that's all. That's all. You were always okay, man. Always. And I swear, how did you get the number one pick in our league? And why do I have to face you first? It's like fate, man. man. What is this? It's going to be a long season is what this is going to be. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm excited, man. Well, um, Thursday, right. right? Thursday is the kickoff, so that'll be cool. Get back into the swing of things. I know Tim yeah. is like, oh, here we go. It's but last fine. year, last year, you know, you did um a league and you paid attention. Um, somewhat, I didn't somewhat, pay as yeah. much attention as y'all thought I did. I really did. But hey. <laughs> just being honest. Hey, I understand honest. that. I understand. <laughs> But cool. Um, let's jump right into it. Uh, Timbo, what album are we listening to? We listened this episode to I'm Not Your Muse by Celeste. Uh, so I would automatically want to just get into what everybody thought. Um, me personally, I was getting some, especially from the volume one, right? I was getting some heavy on um, Adele vibes, almost to the Very point where so. I had to kind of go back and look like, is she is she British? And apparently she is. Um, she was born in America. And I guess she moved over there when she was three. And so it was like a lot of that. Every time I listened to it, um, especially like I said, that first, um, the first volume, it sounded kind of just gave me those Adele vibes. And I liked it, though. It was really comforting to kind of hear that um, style of music. It's not something I go to and listen to a lot, especially if it's not Adele, really. So it was really nice um, just to kind of hear this little pocket of music. And the second time that I listened to it was better than the first. And it was just nice just to kind of hear her voice and just uh, just everything that she was just saying and the melodies and all of it. Um, it was just really pretty. Um, what do you guys think, Billy? Uh, I agree with you. So much to delve on that first part. But it was in a kind of nostalgic. Um, I don't even know how old we were. But there was a time where I was in a band with some friends and we went to Chicago. And I remember we had to take a shower that night because we had to leave early. So I had my little speaker set up on like the toilet and I was bumping Adele's 19. All right, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that dog. So I found myself singing Adele's songs in between the breaks of her songs. <laughs> that like mm-hmm. it reminded me of other of my favorite Adele songs. Okay. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that in the later album. I mean, later part of the album was like more so just groovy. Mm-hmm. I think comforting was a great word. And there's a lot of feelings in this. Like if you this album will put you in your feelings mm-hmm. for sure. But I listened to it over and over again. I think her perspective is so deep. Like the hello and goodbye song. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's like it hurts so good kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh I enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed the album and I'll keep this one around. I'll listen to this one probably front to back. It's a great vibe. Mm-hmm. It is a good vibe. I agree with that. Yeah. What about you, Timbo? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. It, it put me in the uh, mindset. I hate comparing artists, and I say this all the time, but I do it <laughs> because it's just like, sometimes you can't help it. Like, right. I think with this, it, it definitely very much gave me Adele. It gave me Sam Smith. It gave me Amy Winehouse. It gave mm-hmm. me kind of yeah. all of that. Mm-hmm. And she has a very, very interesting tone. Because mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that stood out to me was the, the song I loved the most was Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Because I feel like that's the one song where you actually heard how much of a powerhouse voice she has. Like, she mm-hmm. she can, she, she you know, she can kind of do as she wills with it. It's like she can bring it out when she wants to and then kind of take it back. So a, a lot of the album seems to have been taken back a lot from that track. That track was where I could actually hear the fullness and the power that was there. And so I just, I'm like, girl, you need to do some more songs like that. <laughs> that's just me but I just I really enjoyed that song I was listening to that song that's the one song I replayed I listened to that when I was coming home from work because it was just it wasn't even just the way she sang it it was also like you said the lyrics what she was talking about she said have you ever wondered why some people live and some people die it's just this, just the way that she approached it was just beautiful and I, that made the whole album for me honestly man yeah. good stuff I like it yeah <clears throat> for sure for sure Oh uh-huh. well, when we all like an album, you know, it's a real quick talk sometimes, huh? Right, it is. <laughs> no, but it was really dope uh, to listen to that one. Who um who brought that one up? I think it was a Billy album, correct? Ah, uh, yeah, Jeez. right. I do recall, yeah, because right. you were on um, a streak of sorts. So, uh, yeah. but this week we will be choosing an album that we would not um gravitate to, or something that we don't really want to listen to, um. You know, I have an album, but I think I'm going to change it. Okay. Um, My album is going to be um, Donda by Kanye West. Oh, my God. You took my idea. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, I, probably, I got another one in the tuck if you want to if you want to use that one. I, I do. Cause okay. I, okay. I, I didn't think it was going to be an issue. I didn't think this was going to happen. That's why I didn't say anything. No, I but feel yes, that. That's... I feel that. I was just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, man, I really... I'm not feeling that album, especially when I consider it to like the rest of like the Kanye anticipation that um that I usually have. I don't know if it's because he went religious or if it's I don't know what what it is exactly. I haven't really thought too much about it, but I'm just not mm-hmm. really wanting to even give it a try. All right, so okay. cool. So that'll be Timbo's album. Um, my album is gonna be I Know I'm Funny, haha, by Faye Webster. Um, I don't know anything about it, so there we go. Definitely. Uh, Faye, Faye Webster, yeah. I know I'm funny. I know I'm funny. Ha ha. And this is like this is a musical album. It's not like a spoken word or comedy like album. Right no, there. I don't believe that it's comedy. I believe that it's actually yeah, it's musical. Wouldn't that be something? Um. Yeah, mine is Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. Wolf Alice. That sounds all types of interesting. It just does. Um, um that a group? Do you know? I have no idea. Oh. Whatsoever. Um I'm going to scratch Donda only because I'm probably gonna to listen to it. Just because it's probably something I just need. You know how you just need to keep abreast of the news? Apparently, <laughs> I'm over you. No, I feel that. That's why I don't um so it's not about music, it's about news, huh? I'm just messing with you. I mean, I think that's why I'm gonna listen to the Drake album. I'm not really super anticipating yeah. that one, but you know, you kinda just gotta listen to it sometimes. So yeah, and I'm I'm interested in this. I know I'm funny, ha. Huh? Is it ha or ha? You say ha ha. Ha ha. Double ha. Ha ha by uh Faye Webster. All right, yeah, so I'm scratching out Donda. All right. So Timbo, what you got? Or what are we not yeah, how how are we doing this? What are we not? I've been better. I've been I've been following the rules with this. The album I'm going to scratch. It's really hard because I really honestly want to give both of them a listen. But I'm I'm very much in so so we're gonna scratch. (laughs) I think I'm funny, haha, by Faye Webster. That's the one we're gonna scratch. Okay. What? Just um Oh, no. I think we gotta find a way to even this out. Now. Yeah, it's just because <laughs> it's so, not fair. Blue weekend by Wolf. Yeah, All right. it just sounds interesting. 
It does. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, cool. Oops. Moving along. We uh, we started a new book, right? Yes. So uh, we finished our um our last book, which was by the Doctor Gary Chapman. Gary Chapman, the Five Love so, Languages. Yep. So now we are moving on to the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Of success. Can you bring by, it up a little bit, Billy? Because I can see Seven Spiritual Laws. I can't see success. You got to bring oh, it up. Right. Like, yep. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, okay. We got to have the success in there. Gotcha. <laughs> So, by Mr. Deepak Chopra. Yeah. So, I mean, just um, to start off, I thought it was really just interesting. Um, this seems like it's going to be a really quick read with a lot of information and a lot to oh, think yeah. about, a lot to kind of parse out. And it's interesting, even more so, because in listening to this book and reading it and reading it again, it's like three different versions of the book where they all say a little bit different, but the general theme is there. Um, I believe that we are all on the same page and listening to the same one. Um, so just for the listeners out there, you know, just be aware. I went to my local Barnes and Noble and I grabbed like the pocketbook guide, which is a little different from some of the others that are out there. So, <clears throat> but jumping right in, I thought it was cool how um, Deepak. Are we gonna call him Deepak? Or are we gonna call him? Because um, I don't know. We Mr. have the doctor, right? So Mister <laughs> Mister Chopra. Chopra. So. Thought it was cool how Mr. Chopra just had just the different um, how he kind of broke down the meanings of success. So in his um, definition, he says that success is the continued expansion of happiness and the progressive realization of worthy goals, the ability to fulfill your desires with effortless ease. And personally, that just sounds so relaxing. Like just kind of just walk through your day, just being able to be in just a good spirit, good mind, and just to have the things that you want to happen just kind of manifest themselves with no real effort on your part. It almost sounds too good to be true. Yeah, to a degree, definitely. Well, he didn't say no real effort. It's just that the effort isn't as painful or as strenuous. Yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah, because everything he talks about takes effort, but it's the effort that's trying to take all, just take away. I guess, I guess the extra effort, the strain we we put on, carry because of our ego in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's almost effortlessly the the effortless effort almost. It's <laughs> like even when you kind of get later into the the actual law. When he starts to speak about which silence is what pure pen- potentiality, yes, is that it? Yes, yeah. pure potentiality. When he kind of gets into the stillness and just how it's really just being quiet, and that in itself is effortless, right? But it right. takes the effort and to really do it to the way in which that he was saying that it could be done. You know, yes. um, what's up, Billy? Have you ever had that moment where you were completely aware and present? And you had no internal dialogue whatsoever. None. Not that I can think of. I really sat and thought, have I had a moment like that? And even in just trying to do it in that moment, I noticed the internal dialogue struggle there where you just kind of start talking back and forth to yourself and in your head. And it's like, well, no, nah, that's I'm muddled, you know? So it was interesting, this, this Zen-like state that he was speaking of. Have you ever um, been there? Yes. Go ahead, Timbo. No, I was going to say that for me, being a, a creative, I, I think I have been there before. and Because it's it's other stuff that, you know, creatives and ways that they think that are kind of, if we really explain it, people will be like, what? But yes, I, I've been there before. I, the idea is to learn how to stay there. But yeah, I've definitely been there before. Okay. It's wild, bro. It's almost like your muscles relax. Your whole body takes a break. Because you aren't trying to figure out anything. You aren't driven by anxiety or worry or fear. You're just there. You simply exist. And you have way more energy and power. And all your resources are to take in everything that's in front of you. So you're more available to the beauty of everyday life. to To the raw hum of an engine. Without your judgments of yourself or anything else around the shape of the tree without wondering why it's there or why it wouldn't be pretty or beautiful, why the scenery isn't gorgeous. 
it's wild. Man. I was frying something one day, or just cooking <laughs> something in a pan, and it's the sizzle from the pan and the quiet in the hall in the house was so easy. Because mm-hmm. I never, it, it was more so what wasn't there that was comforting versus what was. Right. And it's wild, man. When you can get that stride and you're more in control of it, it's a beautiful place to be. It's tough, though. It's super tough because inside is always going. Right. And it does seem like it would be difficult, but it also seems, at least, if that is something that in practice that you can become more accustomed to and that it will become sure. easier. And it seemed like, like um, Mr. Chopra was just kind of having us, I guess, wanting us to live kind of that same kind of life that you were saying, Billy, just that kind of open to what's around us and more appreciative, even if you just, that's the general theme I kind of got, even when he got to the part when he started talking about tying in your meditation and your stillness time with the appreciation for nature and actually just going out and being able just to sit by a brook or a pond or just be able to take that in, you know, not speaking, not doing anything other than just being. And it it sounds so zinful. It really does. He's essentially talking about mindfulness, which Mm -hmm. is, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. But if you start zoning in and working on that, you will be able to do it easier. And I love the whole connected with nature part because I listen to brook sounds and the sounds of rain and the sound of waves anyway. I do that when I'm writing or when I'm trying to relax. So it's just, now I have even more reason to do that or even more reason to go out into actual nature and really experience that and take that in. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm the same way. I have a feeling my neighbors are mad at me because I don't cut the bushes down on the sides. Like where the fence is, I don't cut them down. I let them grow super tall because I love the greenery. I like to see the trees and the shrubs or the leaves. I love that stuff, dude. When I was going to Lawrence Tech, they had like a little trail. Mm -hmm. If I could, I was all of my time there. I love that stuff, man. Like, I can't explain how awesome that feeling and connection and existence in that space really is for me. It's amazing, bro. So I get everything you're saying. Right? I really so <laughs> you like, man, look, my neighbor's asking me to to do this. That's that object referral, right? It's like I'm not looking, I'm not looking to please my neighbors necessarily. <laughs> I'm not looking for that outward approval. Right. It's about like, my thought, pure potential. Exactly. You know, this this is a self referral <laughs> moment, right? Like, <laughs> like even, even just that point, right? When he was just kind of going into the differences between your self referral and object referral, and just um the ego versus the um what was the opposite of ego? I can't remember exactly what he said, but even just how it's just the difference in one is just looking for for the satisfying other people and is always anticipatory. And and because you're acting in anticipation, it's a fearful response um, in his um, kind of understanding and the way he kind of put it. And I thought that that was just really kind of enlightening uh, how he just the just position with the self referral referral, um, which was just a lot easier and easygoing and just more immune to criticism. You know, you don't have to really think about it so much. You can just kind of relax and just kind of. The reference point becomes your spirit and your own inner self as opposed to reaching out and looking for other people. And I thought that that was dope. And that's just the way that I kind of want to live my life anyway. That's the way we all should live, I think. A friend of mine, his his argument was always, what is, what is God in addition to what's around us, if not the innermost of yourself, the spirit, the connection, the the best self? And this man's talking about having a fearless approach to life to where you don't judge and you're not above anyone, but you're also not below anyone. Yes. That was how are those things how are they not the same thing? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine going through life and making your decisions not tripping? (laughs) The decision you make has nothing to do with your fear or anxiety about somebody else's perception of you. Mm -hmm. Nor do you have to defend your existence on this planet as worth more or worth less because we're all worth the same. Mm-hmm. No matter difference, no matter what it is you do on the weekend and I do on the weekend, we're all in the same boat. And if we could appreciate that, that we could learn to appreciate ourselves and each other, 
and have a better connection, coexistence. Mm-hmm. That's all I've been believing in, dude. This is why I stay kind of stay to myself because I feel this way, but there's just a certain way that the world's always going to be. That's just about it. It's never going to be perfect. That's too much like right. Right. But yeah. this is how or this is what I aim for mm-hmm. in my life. That's right. what really makes the difference. And most of the time, if you really think about the decisions you make, they're always that it's always somebody else's perception involved. If you were to really imagine your life without that, how far could you really go? You can see right now what's stopping you from what you want to do and who you want to be. Right now, from that. Right. There's nothing else. You just keep moving. True that. Why can't you like that? Yeah, that's true. And I mean, honestly, in reading this, it was kind of saying that it's about finding that balance too, you know, just a balance in, in life. And um, how did he put it? Um, the I guess well, so I guess the how, right? How do we start to um, take advantage of the law of pure potentiality. He kind of goes into, well, you know, you have this kind of person, you have this kind of person and to be this kind of person and let's practice on meditation and let's practice on finding, you know, the daily practice of silence, you know, starting 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening and to just yeah. simply be not to speak and just to kind of just take in the moment. And in doing so, you kind of create the stillness and the stillness from the literature is he saying is the first requirement for manifesting those desires, right? So you really have to come from a place of calm and you have to realize what the calm is to know the not calm, right? It's like, I forgot exactly how he said it, but it's like, if you're, if you're throw a pebble into the water, it'll make a ripple. And, you know, after a while, it'll steal out and you could throw another pebble and it'll make another ripple. But until you yeah. know the stillness, you don't know the difference between even a pebble and like the Empire State Building or something like that. You know, you have to take yourself to a point where you understand and can appreciate the stillness and then take that and couple it with that um, dynamic mind. I think he was saying, you know, just that sure. because the, the the every day that we go through to be able to carry that stillness in our everyday kind of makes this nice balance of that well-rounded kind of person where you can kind of manifest um, those desires because you can tap into that stillness, which is what you need for the pure law of potentiality, at least my understanding. So I'm, I'm really liking kind of how he's putting it. Really cool. Uh, I, I agree with you. And I feel like the stillness, like you talk about understanding the stillness, is also about understanding yourself. And once you reach that stillness or attempt to reach the stillness, you'll understand how some of your desires may be causing the turbulence. Mm-hmm. So if you, yep. desires may also change. So what you ask for and what you're trying to manifest in your life may not be a million dollars. It just may be more pleasant interactions with the next person in front of you. Exactly. So that, so that means you just have, you, you wish for maybe different things still bring you health wellness and fulfillment and not just again that ego-driven desire because you are out of lack mm-hmm. because, think that's super, man. yeah like you know like he said success is in the journey not the destination you know yeah. and i've always kind of been a believer of that kind of thought you know it's not about getting you know, a million dollars is about, you know, what do you do? What did you, how did you get that million? Who did you touch? You know, how did you, you know, create, what did you do? You know, I think that that's really cool. And everything doesn't just have to be tied to that material wealth, kind of like you were saying, Will, and he kind of broke that um, up in the beginning of the intro. It's like, it's not just about material, you know, it's also, you know, health and energy and enthusiasm for life and just um, psychological stability. Like it's so much more to success than, just Money. the the material, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to it's hard to accept that when you don't feel fulfilled, though. Mm-hmm. When you really need money, when because a lot of ideas need capital. Sometimes you just need a person that can help you, mm-hmm. but you get so on. There's just a way that things go here. There are a few. There are people who get by and they didn't have to raise the money or make the money. Or just something happened for them. I won't call it luck because I think that maybe they attracted a person to their life, like an investor or something mm-hmm. like that. There are plenty of people 
in the hood probably have great minds and spirits, but because they don't have even just enough money to get in front of some of these people or some of these places right. that, you know, you don't get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's reality. So right. I, I, think and, it's, yeah. I, think, I just think it's tough. No, absolutely. You know, that's where we kind of get into the like the practicality of some of this stuff and some of these um, mindsets and ideas. And while it may be, you know, a great way to live life overall, you know, it may not work like that for everybody. It may not work for that like that in every hood. You know, every situation is different, you know, so I, I completely understand where you're coming from. But um, I do feel like, you know, of course, as I'm sure we all feel that these laws as a foundation kind of creates good people, you know. And so sure. if you can live your life like that more times than not, you can kind of put yourself in more positive headspace. I mean, more positive places and attract more positivity. I don't know if he touched on this, but what he calls pure potentiality, I just kind of call it space of possibility in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever tried to think of something and it came like that? Even if you were trying to think of a word or a line and um, you got the whole phrase. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what exactly is thinking outside of becoming or making yourself available to grasp an idea that just exists and like I don't want to say another dimension, but just another realm that we're connected to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can sit down and think and nothing happens. But then you sit down and think and then everything happens. Almost right. like it was in your lap. Like you didn't really put the things together. Mm-hmm. You just had some feelings out there and you grabbed something in this intangible space and came back with it. And now you can turn it into something tangible. We talked and about I, that with writing. Okay. So I feel like the stillness you talked about. It's so important to become available to creative ideas that can change your life. I agree. Sit you got to be open. Now, exactly. Not having mm-hmm. a constant internal chatter, especially from worry mm-hmm. or anxiety, because all of these things block your receivers. You just uh, you could be driving down the road and have a million dollar idea. You still got to do the work for it, mm-hmm. but you got to do it. And it's because you got it don't mean you're the only other person. You're the only person that got it. Somebody else is probably there available to it, and you got to get to work. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an interesting concept. I believe so much in that availability and stillness. It's hard to get there, but it's so important just for the seed to start mentally. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And even with the stillness, you know, just making sure you turn off the cell phone, turn off the laptop, turn off the TV. Yeah. I think Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of people struggle with that. I'm not a TV person specifically, but I do do the laptop and my and my phone. But right. it's just you can't be still if you still have that going on. Mm-hmm. Like even said, even just listening to the audio book, your focus is now on the book. You know, you're focusing on your you know, the reading of the literature. You're not really focusing on the stillness or the nothing that you should be focused on, the internal dialogue, you know, the internal um, turmoil, you know? Sure. I agree with you, Timbo, about them screens. It's like, you know how you just surround people? And if, and if, you talk, if we were in the room and we weren't talking, we would still feel each other, pause, you know, we would feel each other <laughs> in space next to mm-hmm. the screen. When I got everything on, I feel the same thing the difference in like when my computer and my playstation and my phone are off versus even when they're on and the screens is turned off i can i'm sensitive to the difference you really got to turn this stuff off and know mentally or at least subconsciously that you aren't connected or tethered to it right now you're not waiting on the next day or notification or phone call or whatever it is that you get from your phone and you can just allow yourself to be and exist without it you really mm-hmm. gotta turn this. I agree mm-hmm. with you, man. Man, that's what I want to do. I think that um, you know, because right when we got to the end of law one, he wrote down what the three things that you should do, and one of them was, you know, to kind of take that moment to actually, you know, try to practice the stillness. So that's something that I want to do over the next week or so, you know, before we get back and talk, and um, just to kind of see how I feel, you know, if there's a different, even just in my perception of myself, you know. Yeah. Have you, you have met it? I don't know how to ask this, but I'm trying to say is that I have headspace and it's been a great help. Okay. The That's the, the app. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty dope. Um, okay. It's still guiding, but it, it, at the very least, 
I experienced some of that stillness today or just tried to focus on it. And one thing that Headspace teaches you is to your brain or at least your thought process or the absence of thought to the rhythm of breathing and where you feel it in your body. So you still aren't thinking. You're kind of still putting your focus on something else, but it's just to anchor you in the moment so that you can not think, but still have something to focus on. So that part that might, that internal chatter may be occupied by another task, and then you can you can be available to focus on what's in front of you. Right, been, right. That makes sense. Yeah, it's been pretty dope, my G. 30 minutes, though? I don't know if I can do that 30 minutes. Like, nothing? That's, nothing? Bro, look, I mean... Tough. It's like 30 minutes in the morning for me, right? You mean, I got to be at work at 6 a.m., so you want me to wake up 30 minutes earlier so I can just sit Mm -hmm. quiet instead of sleeping? And as soon as you do it, everybody's going to come to you like, oh, you up? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I want breakfast. Like, no. Exactly. Like, so... So it's like, I guess I can wake up in the wee hours of the morning and go find a small corner and have, you know, 30 minutes. I don't know, man. I know myself. I'm going to really want to go to sleep. I'm going to really want to sleep. I might have to just do an hour or 30 minutes when I get home and then 30 minutes before I go to bed at night or something. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm like, you can just start with the 30 minutes before you go to bed. I think that would work. I think there's something extremely special about starting in the morning. I learned, I can't remember who I learned this from, but on some dude on YouTube or a person, I don't, I don't know if it was a dude, but he was <laughs> saying, what listen to in the first 10 minutes of your day, the first 10 minutes when you wake up, it affects the rest of your day. He was absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. No matter what I listen it affected me. Mm-hmm. So maybe having that silence at the very start of your day, uh, maybe that's why it's so important. That's a good point. Because I am a big proponent of um, the belief of having a good headspace and when you go into places like every morning I wake up, you know, I got my own little religious music that I listen to to kind of just get me where I need to be spiritually so I can kind of take on the world that is. So you're right. And I can definitely see the difference in how I feel on the days where I choose to like just listen to regular talk radio versus actually listening to something a little more spiritual. So I get what you're saying, Billy. I could see that that 30 minutes of just quiet time just kind of um, interacting with the stillness or trying to find that stillness, um, how it could be very beneficial. And I probably should start off doing it at the very least the way that he says to to do it. I'm just sitting here like, man, let me, okay, the recipe say this, but I'm going to add some of this. Right. Like, I should probably at I'm least do it. Cinnamon. Let me at least do the stock recipe first, man. Uh, yeah, for sure, bro. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, but, man. But I'm excited. But as far as that, non-judgmental what is, how does he term it just being non-judgmental I guess mm-hmm, more or less yeah that's just something I have to work on I have to work on that so tough and I know I do but there you go it was I, a law for that one too right I mean it wasn't a law for that he had a little rule for that right the yes, little prayer saying for the next, oh, I can't remember what it yeah was. for the next two hours I'll be non-judgmental and I've been trying to work on that now mind mm-hmm. you I was at work today, so it's hard to kind of be non-judgmental at work because it's like, it's <laughs> right or wrong. I shall judge nothing that occurs. Come on, Tim. You got to say it. Today, I shall judge nothing that occurs. There we go. So, but uh, also part of being aware is tuning back into it when I get out of it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I, But yeah, that's something that I want to personally hold myself to because I think it's going to help in a lot of different areas mm-hmm. because... I'm really bad with coming up with whole scenarios and stuff that it's like the way I see things is not necessarily how other people is going to see stuff. Right. Or how it really is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's just a, a personal goal that I want to start working on. I like that. Right. So, so we, we got it. What you working on, Billy? Anything or you have, got it? He like, man, I'm working have, on it. Have we talked about the whole practical empathy thing? Have I mentioned this already? Um, we've spoken sure. on empathy before. I'm not sure if we've spoken on next necessarily practical empathy. Okay, it's just it's what Seth Golden calls practical empathy. Not everybody knows what you know. Not everybody wants what you want, and the voice inside everybody's head is different from yours. And he just talks about that when building a brand or just trying to connect with people, and not let's not give people a pass. But to not be so judgmental, it's just good to practice those things because people don't have to give you their attention. They don't have to give you their money. They don't have to, they don't owe you anything. And then having this uh, intentionally worked on mentally will help bridge that gap 
between people and really what you just don't like about them or what your whatever sometimes your own fears and insecurities that you're using that you're short with that person with or any other thing that I guess your ego is dealing with. It helps shut some of that stuff down. And uh, it's important to me because I already work on these things, but it's still tough. <sighs> Working with the public. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> for me, it's just like, it's right or wrong. And that's just kind of how I feel about it. But that's judge that's being judgmental. It's so judgmental. And I like how you said it's not just not judging people. It's not judging anything. Because what may feel bad for you today really may be extremely good for you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And just becoming, being able to move through life without attaching how you feel about something, especially with such a limited knowledge and perspective of it. Mm-hmm. How do, how, why do we not do that? That's way easier on the heart, mind, and soul. Or I do. I don't know. Because it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I make what stuff difficult for myself. I have a, uh, or I've had a friend who just like make little comments or whatnot. She doesn't think that they're judgments or whatnot. But um, it's funny how the little ideas you have or just little things you say about people, they stick with you. They last mm-hmm. more or they sometimes return into something that's like five or ten seconds of your energy that you didn't have to get off. And that's just on one person. And you just stack them back to back to back to back to back yep. to back. Or you mm-hmm. know it, you have it of spending hours and wasting energy on something that doesn't matter at all. That energy it's, can rub off too. It can. And all yeah. you, you can notice things without placing such a heavy like part of yourself against four mm. four. Yeah. Like if you can just move and just let things go by as they go by, because it's always negative stuff. Like if somebody got some cool shoes on, oh man, there's some cool shoes. A couple seconds, it's gone. Literally. Somebody, that's what I was gonna say. Cause it's like I've, I've seen somebody going off about something and like you said, it's that energy. It's like they get they get themselves worked up and it's like you don't have to get worked up about that. Why are you getting worked up about that? Going like God. Because like, people, people don't do what they do anyway, so why get caught up in that? And they have the right to. Nobody right. has to do what you think they should do. Let them live. You know, I mean, as long as it's not harming you, um, you know, there's some extremes you, we, we shouldn't just like be all for. But chill out. It doesn't have to be this way. It can just we can just be different, and you don't know that person. You have no idea what they've gone through, and you aren't going to put any energy into getting to know them before you play on them. Aren't they worth that? Shane Willard always preaches that no matter how we feel, everybody's worth it to God. And that's a tough thing to adopt because God is like, you know, this perfect love, unconditional love. I, I think we're made to reach that capacity, but it's tough for us. But if we could, I just think that's a better way to go about it. Because every individual is worth it. If they're worth it to God, no matter how you think about them, they might be worth it to humanity, too. Absolutely, man. Everybody is worth worth it. It's so interesting that you say that because um, the church that me and the wife are kind of been um, going to, um, Pastor Andre Butler kind of preaches the same thing. And right now, his sermon is kind of on the one and kind of focusing on the one and how he was saying how even heaven gets more joy from one person turning their life to you know, God are becoming a good person versus, you know, all of these good people continually being good. You know, sometimes it's worth it for just the one. And so it's just interesting. There's the parallels kind of there. Um, oh, man. yeah, for sure. For sure. And, it, and again, it's just, I think it's just a way of being, right? Just a way to look at the world, just a way to kind of live your life and not to just to be so me, 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 and actually just look and be open and outward facing as opposed to just, you know, Wanting everything to be about us, for sure. Which is it's easy awesome. to do. It's easy to kind of get into those um, those things. You know, we wake up in the morning and we have these problems and these issues, and it's so easy just to be like, okay, well, I need this and I need this and I need this, and oh, now I'm at the mall and and this stupid person behind the thing he uh, telling me to put on a mask and you don't even know the day I had. Like, you know, it's so easy to kind of get into it, but you know, sometimes we gotta just give grace and just try to relax and keep that stillness and. 
Uh, it's just, it's hard though. It's hard. And then spend yeah. more time on the positive. Like he was, like Billy was talking about. We will take two seconds to say, "Oh, those shoes are cute," but it's mm-hmm. just like draw that out a little bit instead of yeah. your rant about what the other person did. Right. You know, feel that joy a little bit. It's so. Exactly. It's fifty-fifty. It's much good. It you know, good in the world as there is bad. That's what you. Half full cups out here, people. Brown. I don't know if it's true, but Les Brown was saying that um, if something negative happens to you, it takes either 14 or 17 positive things to happen to counteract counteract that negative thing. Like we're so primed for negativity mm-hmm. that it takes such a huge force of positivity to kind of turn things around or at least balance them out. That's wild. It's like we condition to the negativity or condition to just the negative thought or to even just hold on to negativity. I could probably remember the last time that me and my wife argued, but I know that probably since then there have been like 20 good things that have happened. And I bet I couldn't name those 20 great things, but I know that, oh, well, last week, you know, this, this, and this happened. You know, it's like, why am I conditioned to remember the negative as opposed to focusing, well, since that happened, we've done X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a different way of thought. I wonder if it's exactly what this man is talking about considering the ego, because you remember the pain and the hurt and where you mm-hmm. weren't fulfilled, satisfied, or maybe where you feel small, where mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? No matter what, all of those things are concerning our egos. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that our ego, they say it's supposed to shield us from pain or something like that. That's just its job. That's what it does. So. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Because it never wants to get hurt. Yeah. Once you get hurt, you're okay. Like immune to criticism, you can still take criticism and take the sting out of it but still understand and respect what a person has to say about whatever they're criticizing you. Exactly. And leave the bad. If there's no good, oh, well. I mean, they just tried, you know what I mean? He said, oh, well. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Kanye shrugged, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. I'm excited about this book. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's interesting how much um conversation and how much is jam packed in just like a literal fifteen pages. Yep. Like so, that'd be cool to kind of get into it and keep going. For sure. Right, so moving from there, right? Oh, next week is uh, chapter two, our law number two, which is what's law number two? The law of giving. Right, there we go. The law of giving and receiving. I like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that on um, next episode. Looking forward to it. So moving from there, we have a segment on, um, I think this week we're going to speak on music, right? And just music as a pretty open-ended topic, I believe, um, was our thought. And the first thing that came to me when we kind of started talking about what we were going to speak on and we said music, the first thing I thought about was how music is so tied to where you are in life. And... Like, I remember 2008-ish time, you know, right around the time where I'm graduating high school. I feel like that music was so good. Like, those albums. I remember listening to, like, the it was a Neo album back in the day. Oh, I can't remember the one. We had the little hat that had, like, um, a bunch of great no, I- songs on it. Yeah. And he, it was just so good. And, um, like, a Trey Songs was hot around there. So like Wonder Woman, I remember that's like one of my favorite songs. Like the Carter Three, you know, like. Yeah, man. So it's like, right. So was it a good time in music or is it because I was going through those times where I was having such change and I was graduating, I was going to college and I'm doing this and making moves and driving. And this is the soundtrack to my life during these exciting times. Do I gravitate more toward the music because of that, you know? I think it's a little bit of both because you just reminded me a huge album I was listening to at that point was uh, uh, Solange's album, Soul Soul Angel and the Hadley Street Dreams. I wore that album out, literally. The whole first two years, probably. You said what? Was Tony on that album? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I wore that album out. It, It really was like a soundtrack. And because you said that, and I just remember all of the music I was listening to at that point. But that was one of the albums I, I would just I ran it into the ground. 
Yeah, maybe that's also where you were most impressionable or were looking for new music mm-hmm. or music. Less pressures. It's funny you say Solange, man, because I wore out B Day. Okay. I wore B Day out, bro. <laughs> oh, of all the albums, right? B Day. But for real, like Year of the favorite. Gentleman by Neo. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. I'll wear it out too. But then, like, I, there was just more time to listen to music and soak music in. And music, I think, was just different. Yeah. But yeah. Else, recession, man, it was some good music back then. With the Deezy the Snowman, was that a mixtape? No, the recession was the um, was the album. That's the one album. I had put on on there. I put on. Yeah, he had a mixtape that was super. Dope, oh man, man of too. course, man, Jeezy the I Snowman always had the mixtape. Listen to so much Dipset like J.R. Ryder or Forty Cal. Oh yes. my god, so it's crazy. I'm, much that's when i found out about fallout boy like even music videos and channels were arranged differently yeah mm, that's true 106 and park was probably still a thing then 106 and park is on oh man and that's extinct y'all know that's no it not around no more man, i stopped watching after aj and free left right i did watch terrence and roxy a little bit but i watched a little just didn't bit do it like aj and free did and one um one shad moss on there for a little bit I guess he was like a little. He had a little stint. Yeah, oh, man, he is missing. I'm glad you said Chad man. Moss. Mr. Byward Wyward is his name. <laughs> <laughs> what? Byward Wyward. <laughs> oh man, I never heard that when I liked that one. Either Wyward. <laughs> yeah, G. Well, I didn't watch 106 too much because they didn't show the whole video. I want right. to see the whole video. That was irritating. They would show like a good minute and forty five seconds, and then they go back to the uh, the crowd. It's like, come on, y'all. We Man, were jamming. They, it used to be, slow. which I don't even know if they how long they even went. The basement. They used to come on like I think before one oh six and part. Yeah, bro. Like they used yeah. to be dope. They used to have a little freestyles down there and stuff like that. It used to be so cool. Like somebody mm-hmm. enjoyed that part than one oh six and part. Oh, yeah. like stuff I just haven't thought about in so long. But yeah, man, that's just what I was um, what kind of got me when we started talking about music, and it's just how how music is so tied to just a time and place um in your life, and kind of just you can go back and you be like, oh, I remember this, 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 and this, and all of it is kind of tied to that feeling on music. Like, yeah. like I said, my favorite album was probably something that nobody heard of, "The Back of My Lack" by Jay Holiday. We all heard of Jay Holiday, right? Because he made yeah. um, "Suffocate." Bad. I think <laughs> in bed, right? Hey. So, hey. but that album was that album slapped me. It was it was a good R and B album. That was during a time where I didn't really like too too much R and B. I mean, I know I said um, Neo, but it was a time I didn't even like Neo like that. But I was that was younger. As I get older, I kind of appreciate music. And you kind of you know, but uh. Yeah, it was just it's just interesting. But that was my thoughts on music. What did you guys um what were you thinking about on music on um, Timbo? I was definitely thinking it's kind of funny because even in 2008, I got exposed to Janelle Monet. And I was a huge fan back then. Uh the first song I heard from her was Sincerely Jane, which was off of her uh first mixtape. And then but what I thought of was albums actually. And okay. one of her her albums, The Arc Android, was a huge game changer for me because it was just different she's always been different but it was just like it was so clean and just okay. she now, really takes her, her debut album i think it was her second album it might have been her debut is this her debut I, I sound like a horrible fan right now but it's it's one of those but the arc android and i actually was thinking about michael jackson's thriller album and just how now that obviously wasn't during that time but that was way before that but that's just one of those you know Besides how big the song was, that album was just off the hook, and it was still one of the best-selling albums to today. I and believe just, that was her second album, too. Yeah. You're right. So, yeah, no, th- I just thought about those two albums, the Arc Android and Thriller, okay. and just Man. how major those were for me. Man, you're right. I think that Thriller, um, in particular, is kind of major for like the world right like i think that that was one of that's one of the ones i even have on vinyl and i guess even just michael when just was one of those people that just kind of 
touched the world. Like I saw something that um I think it was Pete Rock he put it on his um his Instagram today, and it was Michael talking about meeting uh like Princess Diana, and she wanted him to play Dirty Diana. Right. And he was saying like, oh, well, I yeah, took, it, took out. it off the set list. Yeah, yeah. And respect for you. And she was like, no, that's one of my favorites. So it was just so cool. Just like Michael Jackson is getting requests from Princess Diana for like music. It's just just one of those people, man, just to have that music and that voice. And it just kind of touches everything. It's, it's amazing. So, yeah, Tim, you are absolutely right. That is one of the ones that I think touches a lot of people. That's crazy. Can you imagine? understanding that you have the power you and your team have the power to provide for the world on something we take for granted like music mm-hmm. how much how much music is a part of our lives like everyday life and how much we need it a world without music is it a world worth living mm-hmm. definitely would be boring around oh, man. I mean, so, no. I music is it music yeah. is essential it's it almost really as central as the love we need between each other. It's almost like music is a type of medium for the love we need between oh, each other. Oh, absolutely it is. Like, music is amazing, bro. Like, that's wild. I think that's what, what keeps me in it. You can just create it. That's why I like producers. You can just create <laughs> moments in music mm-hmm. that make you feel something that you can't explain. It doesn't have to be the whole song. It just be the start of a bridge. And that's what you remember. The way that right. it presses on your mind. Mm-hmm. It leaves an impression. It leaves an emotional attachment. Sometimes beyond understanding and articulation. Because somebody else felt that. And said, oh, if we understand how we all exist in this world. And we you understand, understand. Yep. give in this arena and somebody else got to feel it too so it's like you're not gonna feel it on every song but everybody has that feeling on some type of record mm-hmm. because somebody decided to provide that for you a group of people who work their butts being musicians being thinkers being composers putting things together and trying stuff stuff that some people would, would probably say that's trash that's crap don't do that pushing boundaries Mm-hmm. They make incredible reasons. I can't say reasons for a living, but connections in how we live. It's incredible, bro. That's why I like music. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it is. I, I always find that part amazing, right? How just somebody you never met, somebody you 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 never probably will meet halfway across the world, going through a situation completely different than yours wrote this song just for me though because i'm feeling exactly how this feeling this is speaking to me like i always found that that's that's just wild and it's it's touching it's touching for real and you don't feel alone like i feel like that's what i meant by that celeste album kind of like hurting so good right you just not even if even if things even if some ideas are painful you are not alone and somebody can show you some type of beauty in it Mm mm-hmm some of these songs are a, a, a person holding another person's hand through life. Absolutely. That's crazy and lovely. Right? right? Oh, yeah. And like you said, sometimes it's a bridge. I was just having a conversation with Papa Tim the other day. He was talking about how some songs you can literally, all they have to do is the bass line and you know what song it is. Mm-hmm. Funky. Yeah, bro. Music. Real music, music, <laughs> and personality and character, and mm-hmm. not not like carbon copies. You can still right. be influenced, originals, mm-hmm. but you take it and make it your own because that's who you are as a human being. You just got a vibe, you got a funk, and you let the world feel it. You give it back to the world. You just don't keep it. It's a responsibility, man. And that's what creatives and artists got to realize. It is their responsibility. That's tough. Especially when you really want to do it and can do it, but it does not pay your bills. And it's a bunch of people that do it, but you don't do it for the money. You do it because you can't help it. Mm -hmm. 
You do it for the love of it, for connecting, because this is how you communicate. This is how you speak. This is what you feel. This is the blood in your veins. It's wild, bro. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Crazy. I like it. Music. <laughs> Me too. All right. So sliding through. Um, yeah. What that hat be? Right. Some no. girl day preguntas. Please have uh, a good question tonight, because I'm going to walk off if it's not good. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excuse me. Let's see what happens here. We're gonna have a great uh, one. I feel it. Mm-hmm. I hope so. All right. Um, which celebrity do you think is the most down to earth? Oh. Brianna. <clears throat> I don't know, man. Will Smith. <laughs> a hard one. I don't it's know. Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis. I mean, I don't know like they, personally, they, so it's like maybe living rugged. I'm over it. <laughs> oh, dude, it is real bad. down to earth in that case. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm over that. He said for sure. No, ain't nothing wrong. Um, nobody ain't gonna say nothing wrong with it. To each his own. That's what I'm gonna say. To each is Yeah, own. no no judgment. No judge. There we go. No judgment, you know. Oh um, but just please most, make sure you smelling good when you're around me. Thank you. Most That's down all. to earth. You know, it's a comedian, um, Bert Kreischer. He seems like he's just a bundle of fun. Um, seems like he probably might be one of the more down to earth people because he's like just famous, but he's still fun in being famous. Like he's the type of person that'll go have a comedy show and then tell the whole comedy show, "Hey, I'm going to the bar after this, so come drink with me." And people will go to the bar and drink with him. Like that's some down to earth stuff that you don't really get necessarily when you're a celebrity. I think Chappelle might could be that way if people weren't so crazy. Like because we love Chappelle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Down to earth. They say Beyonce is down to earth. Everybody that's in the industry that's met her has said that. So, and so, and I feel like, like when you said Rihanna, right? And it's like, I guess, yeah. how can you be down to earth when you're accustomed and used to just like such lavish lifestyles? It's like, like if we stop and go to Wendy's, how you gonna feel about that? You know. Like, what's your favorite chicken sandwich, Beyonce? You know, like, do she got answers for that kind of but stuff? She loved the Popeyes before she went vegan and stuff. Oh, that's that true. Down- she is vegan. Or just the fact is, like, okay, I don't have to have that because I got more options. You know what I mean? Is that really down to earth? Can you no, define that? that. It's cool. Like, if we like go to it McDonald's- depends on how you act when presented to it, right? I guess it's a difference between <laughs> wanting better because you can have better and looking down because you are better in your estimation. I don't want to get that rich, though. I don't ever want to get so rich that I can't enjoy Wendy's nuggets. Like, I'm just being honest. I don't want a whole different kind of fame, right? Where like, you don't get the cheddar biscuits from Red Lobster? Two different things, bro. Like, I feel you on that, but... I wouldn't mind being rich to where that stuff's not good for you, man. Like, I don't have to have that. Right. But cheddar biscuits, I always want some cheddar biscuits. But, like, some Wendy's nuggets, I'd be happy when that doesn't have to be an option. I'd still go get, like, a chicken sandwich. It's like, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm still the same person, but I'm good on Wendy's. I feel you, right? I'm so, a lot of stuff now. I feel that. I just had Wendy's today, I did have Wendy's today. Like, what is be convenient, man? I just said it because they nugget slap. Right, they nugget slap. So that's why I'm like, even if I'm become a billionaire tomorrow, like I'm although just, I don't know, I just had these Chick Fil A nuggets though. Them nuggets is good. Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A in Where'd general is good. Um, Where's it's it's a Chick Fil A at uh, Twelve Oaks Mall. That's one we just went to. Me and a family went and got glasses on over there. So it's Chick Fil A over there. Uh, oh, yeah. no, is it 12, 12 Oaks? Yeah, all three of us did. Um, is it 12 Oaks or West Oaks or somewhere over there? One of those malls. 12 Oaks. I think it's 12 Oaks. They got, um, they got the Chick-fil-A. And 
honestly, Chick-fil-A, I know it's such a tangent from our original question, but Chick-fil-A, um, they drive through put everybody else to shame. There's no reason that <laughs> Chick-fil-A should be able to push through 40 cars in like 15 minutes and I'll be waiting at any insert fast food name here for four hours. For like 20 minutes before I even get to the little thingy to make the order. Like, it's crazy. What's up, Billy? Does Chick-fil-A sell buckets of chicken? No. They sell... Well, you can go up there. Well, when I went, I, we got we got a lot of stuff because we had never Do been there. Tell. So we got like a 30-piece nugget. We got like four sandwiches. We tried the waffle fries because I heard they had good waffle They're fries. Bomb. And it was a bunch of... We got a bunch of stuff. It was a drink or something. And we flowed through there like like quick. do they buckets of chicken? I mean, nah, I don't know if you can get it by the bucket, but if I want to order 20 sandwiches, I bet they have it on deck and it'd be out there right. in time. But what I'm saying is if their menu is made for them to move more quickly, especially than their competition. Okay, well, they move faster than KFC, and I know I think that their menu is just as expensive, if not more, than KFC. KFC got buckets of chicken. And right. you sell one thing while I'm in line for 20 minutes. <laughs> I can't even make an order. But they got to, if you're selling buckets of chicken and everybody in front of you or behind you is everybody also ain't getting, getting a bucket. bucket. Everybody ain't getting buckets or of chicken. Or most of their meals, which are arranged around pieces of chicken, the yeah. flow of how chicken is cooked and ready Fast is going to need to step, need like, to step it up. Y'all need to change the menus. If if what Billy is saying and make your menu more um pleasant for the drive-through goer, or make two lanes like they it's do at Chick Fil A, or I don't know. They got a system because even when we were in Florida, Papa Tim is still talking about how people were out. Literally, they had like seven, eight people at cars. They taking they the order are good, man. Getting that like they are not efficient at KFC. So do they does Chick-fil-A have mac and cheese and can you get like legs and thighs or is it just sandwiches know. and tenders? I don't think it's they just got sandwiches like and tenders. They don't have no cause my cousin, my baby cousin got upset because he thought he was gonna get some buckets of chicken. And no, they didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got chicken sandwiches, they got tenders, tenders they, they got, got um, nuggets. Maybe nuggets, yeah. They got um I don't know. I only been there twice. I'm the wrong person to ask about the fries, she's talking about the and I was happy to push through uh, a 40-person line in what it felt like 15 minutes. Like, I'll go to Chick-fil-A any day just because I know I'm not going to be in line forever. Right. Right. Dang, too bad they're not a sponsor. Dang. So Chick-fil-A is down to earth. That's my, that's my response. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but I got to drop all the way out there to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So are they really down to earth? But when I, it was supposed to be out there... By Macomb Mall, this never happened. Oh, really? Yeah. It was supposed to be one out there? I didn't know. I that. heard about it. I don't know what happened. So maybe they're not as down to earth as you think. I'm over it. They get my vote. Yeah. Man. Although apparently Popeye's got nuggets too, though, but I can't get through the line, so. Right. I, don't know. I, I, I told you, I got nuggets now, apparently. Which it look like Chick fil A nuggets too, so it might be um, kind of good. They probably slap. They probably are great, but it's like if you can't get them, what difference do it make? Thank you, thank mm -hmm. you, man. Like I shouldn't I have to go to Popeyes for breakfast in order to get, you know, <laughs> just to see dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to see what this are on this new stuff looking like. Like, why well, I got to go first thing you open just for me to have a chicken sandwich? My my palate ain't even set up for that. Like, get some eggs you and sausage in this joint. Yeah. Uh, uh, you get in where you fit in with that line. Look, oh, it's only two people. So what? I want Chinese food. Like we have, we have <laughs> sandwiches today. Like, That's all we got. It's bad. I agree with. You. Yeah, it is what it is. though. All right, man. What Whatever. can I do? Right. Uh, anybody else got any other words to say about this? You know, down to earth. Um, Eminem seemed like he might be down to earth. He seemed like he might be one of those kind of people that just go walk around. <laughs> Like um the local Walmart or something. I see what he face famous now though. Yeah. Well, see, I don't know though. I wonder if um during the whole pandemic thing, right with the mask. I know we spoke about that before. Maybe a mask um mandates were probably um a godsend. Even if somebody's wearing a mask, I would recognize him though. That's true. 
That's true. See, some of these lady celebrities, though, you know, throwing a wig, throwing a mask. Right. And might be able to just slide into a mall and just kind of look like a normal. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's got to be pretty dope. Like, to know that you, like, always seen and then just to be able to go to a Kroger and just walk. I don't know, it's either really cool or they get accustomed to being in the center of the lifestyle and then they feel kind of weird about it, I wonder. I don't know. I think even when you see somebody, you still, like, no, that's not them. You know? Even when I do know it's them, I'm that type of person that I don't want to be that that fan that's like, oh, let me be all in your face because you're famous. Like, not to say that I see a bunch of famous people, but the famous people that I have seen, it's always just a hey... Or, right. you know, just kind of keep it moving. I'm not really the, hey, let's take a picture and get an autograph. Unless it's that kind of session, because I did meet a couple of Lions players in an autograph session, and that was dope. But yeah, that was that for was autographs dope. and stuff, you know. The um, I met Jada Kiss once. I was a kid. He was walking around Eastland looking for some sandals. It was just him and two other guys. That's crazy. And my, my dad was like, yo, that's Jada Kiss over there. You want an autograph? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so my mom had to pull out a Pete and Frank's receipt. Out of her purse, Pete and Frank's isn't even a, a a a store anymore. So she put out one of those things, and we went over there. And I forgot what he said, but he got him to make an autograph. It was cool. So I, I think like, after that, Jada Kiss is like down to earth. <laughs> there we go. Hey, I'll take it. Shout out to Jada. It's a lot of people. Hey, I, like, oh, we his voice. We I'm knew by his voice. Kid. Yeah, he has a voice. So distinct to the point to where. Even if he didn't look like Jadakiss, no, nah, that's Jadakiss. It has to be. You would have heard him laugh and be like, yep, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, B. It's wild. I think Styles P might be like down to earth, too. I think Styles P and Currency might be super down There's probably a bunch of people that's down to earth. Like Lil Dicky is probably like super down to earth, right? Like, yeah. he come off that way in like interviews and shit like that, so... It's like, I assume that a lot of these people are probably just really cool. Yeah. And just overlooking them. Like Lizzo. I think that you could, like, go just chill with Lizzo and talk, just shoot the shit and just sit back and talk right. about life, probably, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Huh. Yeah. yeah that's know. that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, Y'all got anything else? I don't. All right. Well, I feel like it's been good convo. I'm looking forward to getting back next week so we can um, chat up on this, you know, continuation of the book and to listen to um, The Blue Weekend. Yeah, by Wolf Alex. Uh, Did I say Alice or Alex? Alex, I believe. A-L-E-X is what I have. Alice? It's Alice. Oh, wow. Wonderland. I'm glad we cleared that up. For sure. For sure. Um, anybody, tell us your answer to this question. If you have any other new questions you want us to ask on the show, please let us know. Timbo, where can they give us that information? Blacktopasylum at gmail.com. For sure. And Ray, where can they find us for all their listening and viewing pleasures? And you can view <laughs> us on the YouTube. You can listen to us on the Spotify. You can check us on Apple Podcasts. Um, pretty much wherever you catch podcasts, we should be there. You know, rate and subscribe and all of that good stuff, man. We appreciate sure. y'all. If you like the show, uh, like and like, comment, and subscribe. Please let us know. Even if you don't like the show, let us know. Uh, until next time, Black Top is not close. Peace. Peace. <laughs>